hello to my brothers and sisters. They tell me that everything is working and I can share my words with you again. One thing I would like to say is the knowledge I'm sharing with you, although it comes from my people, is known by other peoples as well. It does not belong solely to any one group or people. It belongs to all the children of our Mother Earth. It belongs to all of you who are listening to this. And I know of people from different religions and different groups around the world who know of the knowledge I'm sharing with you, who are also feeling time to share what they know of their own knowledge. Although the knowledge varies from group to group, it is known by many different people. But in the end, it belongs to all of us. I've spoken of my native father. Because this knowledge is universal and belongs to all of us, I have not spoken of any one particular people. I do not wish to focus on any one people, make you think this is only their knowledge. And so what is important is the knowledge itself. And it is not being imposed upon you, but offered to you so you may find the truth of it for yourself and act accordingly. But I would like now to share some words from my father before he died past the age of 100. He spoke at times on the internet and a room was set up for him to speak and share this knowledge which was in his heart to do and which he felt as his duty to do according to the instructions that we have. In this one place on the internet as we were leaving to go to a larger one where he can reach more Earth Mother's children, he gave this final message I'm going to read to you. I'm going to read not all of it, but most of it. The following words are my father's. Greetings, my brothers and sisters. Today I leave my last message here in this forum. It is in my heart to share the knowledge of Native people with our brothers and sisters. I have not much time to do this because my remaining time in this world is short. And so I will find another way to share what I know and hope I can reach many people and touch their hearts and bring them to a better understanding of our Earth Mother. When I refer to God, I say Him, but I am equally comfortable with Her. In fact, I do not know which gender I use most, but one thing is very sure. When I say God, I always refer to our Earth Mother or to an aspect of her. Life is one great aspect of her. Land is another great aspect of her, and death is another great aspect of her. She controls the underworld, and she controls this fourth world. When we were in the third world, we were with her, and thus it was she who controlled the third world. When we go to the next world, which we call the fifth world, the same Earth Mother who has always nourished and supported us will also be the controller of the fifth world. But there will be a difference. She will release more control into our hands because in the fifth world we will have the good hearts and the wise minds not to abuse our control. We have different names for Earth Mother's different aspects. In her aspect of death, she is male. In her aspect of land, she is our mother and she is female. In her aspect of life, she is spirit and she is male. There are many aspects, but they are not different gods. They are the all-powerful Earth Mother, and in my humble view, 
for whatever it may be worth. This is the case with all old religions. Many native people do not like their belief system to be referred to as religion because it brings to mind the Christian missionaries and all that influence they inflicted upon the, the heathen native people. But I do not have this problem. I am a religious man. My religion is very old and as valid as any other great religion. I want to leave in this forum the essence of my religion. If I were to brew it all down to its essence, what would I have in my hand? Evolution. What is the essence of my religion? To serve my earth mother, who has given all to me. To serve her, we must honor her, respect her, and obey her. To obey her is the hardest part, we might say, because she appears to be silent. Therefore, how do we know what she wants from us? She is not silent. She is very eloquent. But she does not speak with the language of words, at least not to us. I am sure she does use words when she speaks with her brother and sister stars, but our ears are deaf to her voice, just as we are deaf to other sounds, such as the dog whistle. There are many sounds our ears do not hear. Her voice is among the sounds we cannot hear. So she communicates with us through sign language. We call this sign language symbols. We have to train our senses and our minds to interpret her sign language just as if we are learning a foreign language. We learn to understand her symbols quickly because once she sees we are trying to understand her, she is overjoyed and does all in her power to help us. Symbols are natural to native people all the world over. It is our first language. Our native language takes second place to symbols. As we move through our lives, our senses and minds are always alert to symbols. We might be so absorbed in symbols that we cannot hear our brother calling to us in our native language. Our dreams are very important. We shape our lives according to our dreams. We search our dreams for our Earth Mother's guidance and direction. One of the first lessons we learn in life is to pay attention to our dreams and to learn to understand them. The course of my life has been governed by my dreams and will continue in this way. I would be lost without my dreams. When I think back, it's through understanding my dreams that I learned to understand symbols. To read symbols, we have to become a tracker. I think of symbols as being tracks for which I look. Thus, I moved on to searching for symbols in my daily life, as well as my dreams. What a rich language, an all-encompassing language. One symbol has so many levels. One symbol can say so much more than one word. The first step in beginning to serve God is to be the best human being we can be. The second step is to look for her words to us and to respond in a good way to her voice. Yes, mother, you call me. I stand alert. Show me a sign and I will do my best for you. The second stage is an enlightened state of being. No need for a priest or a temple. In the second stage, a man can communicate one-on-one -on -one with God. We do not need to hear her voice to know she wants us to honor all of the earth and its life. She is the giver of life, of spirit, and we must honor life wherever we find it. It is easy to honor life in our families and friends. Even a terrible sinner can do this. We must honor life also in strangers and in our enemies. We must honor life even in those people who abuse that life because life itself is sacred and that it is abused is terribly sad. Where we see life being abused, we can try to guide that person to a better understanding of life.
Respect and honor are very important to Native people. The respect and honor we earn from others as well as the respect and honor we give to others. We respect and honor our God, all of the earth, all life, and all death. We do not shun death, and if we have walked the good road, we do not fear death, because death is the doorway to a new body, a better, more evolved body, and a better life in the fifth world. The fifth world is where a good man can finally live in a peaceful world, where all men and women are brothers and sisters, living in perfect harmony with nature. But if we have not walked a good road, we do fear death. If our walk has not been good, there will be no better, more evolved body for us and no peaceful fifth world, at least not in our next life. But even when we fear death, we nonetheless respect and honor death. We have the gift of life because we are not strangers to death. We have lived and died before. The fact that we are still in this fourth world means we have not yet perfected our actions and our service to Earth Mother. We are still in our imperfect bodies and in this imperfect world because we are still struggling to know her, to serve her, and to bring ourselves to as good as we can get given our present physical limitations. Those who do not fulfill their potential return to the state of being in this fourth world. Those who do fulfill their full potential move on to the fifth world, which we recognize as the morning star. Venus, the morning star, is very important to native people. The exact positioning of Venus is crucial to our ceremonies. We believe Venus overlaps with certain points on our Earth Mother. I heard an elder speaking a few days ago, only one who is initiated can know about the perfected ancestors on the morning star. This is very true. This is a great sacred matter. Native children cannot know about this until they are old enough to understand and are first initiated. But I will say this, in a broad sense only, our perfected ancestors are our, dear, are our departed spirits who act as our guardians. They watch over us, they protect us, and they are also very concerned about our behavior. I once heard discussion with my father and a Christian police priest. The born-again Christians also follow the teachings of your master, my father said to the priest, so in the end they won't go wrong. When I heard all of these words, I thought how similar this belief is to our own belief. Without death, there is no door to the fifth world. When I speak like this, many people say, of course we must die. We have no choice. We believe we may face such a choice at end time live forever or for very long times in these corrupt bodies or die and evolve to perfect bodies in the fifth world. We believe there are many who inhabit our universe and with people here in our own world, some are good and some are bad. All of those good aliens have died and evolved to a higher life form, a life form that can live closer to the sun. We cannot see them, but they are there. They always occupy the morning star and only in any solar system. These good brothers and sisters know very well the rewards of the final human form. They know the peace that comes along with having the full use of the evolved human brain and with hearing the full sound spectrum through the evolved human ear and seeing the full color spectrum through the evolved human eye. They know the love and respect that comes with the wisdom of using every neuron in the evolved human brain 
They would never deprive us of these great gifts of life and evolution. They would never entice us to leave our Earth Mother. Only by remaining with her can we achieve this final step in our evolution. Again, some may say, we have no choice but to remain with her. We believe the choice will come. We believe that aliens will come and try to convince us to leave her and go with them. They will come when end time is upon the world. We believe that end time will be accompanied with devastation, with tidal waves and earthquakes and other geo disturbances. We believe that when this is happening, the aliens will de descend on our Earth Mother and use everything in their power to convince us we should leave with them. Your planet is going to self-destruct. Come with us. We live in a beautiful world where there is only good health and peace, where there is no poverty, hunger, or disease. They may even st stoop so low as to call their world heaven, the fifth world, paradise, and other names of glory which are used to describe the fifth world, the morning star. But if we listen to them, if we go with them, we are assured of desolation. These terrible and ungodly aliens are ancient by our standards, and some of them have very beautiful bodies. But how did they get their beautiful bodies? How long can their bodies remain alive? Having stepped out of nature and natural processes, having turned their backs on evolution, how do they sustain their lives? We believe that we have always been around and that the bones the archaeologist digs up are the bones of our previous bodies. In other words, we were here from the beginning, evolving from the earliest forms through all the primal forms of man to our present ones as homo sapiens. We have walked in all these past forms and have one more change ahead of us. I read a book by Carl Jung where he calls our final form Homo Maximus. This name feels good to me. I think he must have been inspired by spirit when he realized this name. My last caution. Evolution is a fact. We can see the proof in fossils. Why would aliens who have remained faithful to their mother and have received the rewards of evolving from Homo sapiens to Homo maximus try to persuade their less evolved brothers and sisters to abandon their mother earth at the very time running up to evolution? They would not. End time will not be a picnic. Death is not usually easy, but people are dying every day. Thousands of people die every day and we don't panic and try to bolt into alien ships. We accept this daily mass death of our brothers and sisters around the world as natural. We hope they have walked a good road and that they will evolve to become Homo Maximus. But when end time is upon us, some of our brothers and sisters will panic because it is unusual because they have never, in their living memory, witnessed such destruction and death before. The aliens will gratefully open the doors to their ships to every willing runner because they need us. We do not need them. I wish I could be here at this time. I would do my best to stop as many brothers and sisters going with them as I could. But I believe will, I will end this life before end time arrives just as I believe many of my younger brothers and sisters will remain here and face end time. You will notice that I capitalized the T in time. Native people have an inherent respect of time. We view time differently than our Euro-American brothers and sisters. In a way, time is also a deity to us because it is an aspect of our Earth Mother. The aliens who will try to entice us to leave our mother have learned to manipulate time. They can move around in time. 
This probably sounds as ridiculous as saying our perfected ancestors come in clouds, but it is true. They can go backwards and forwards in time, and in this way they can extend their lives. But however ancient they may be, they are not immortal. Their bodies age, although it takes longer. Even though they may look young and beautiful, by now they are very old, and their youthful appearance is superficial. Their internal organs are ancient and must be continually replaced. This is not what we want for our children and ourselves. It is not what I want. I want the incorruptible body in the fifth world. I don't want to have my gut sliced open and my innards replaced. In the morning star, we are given the gift of time. We are wise enough and responsible enough to receive the full knowledge of time and not to abuse it. In the fifth world, we will also be able to go backwards and forwards in time or remain in a perpetual present time. But we will not have stolen this great gift ahead of evolution, ahead of God's will. We will have earned this with our loyalty and courage. My last words. Perhaps the greatest difference between native and other religions is this. We believe in God and evolution. We believe God's greatest work is through evolution. God is the divine artist. Evolution is the divine art. <coughs> Walk the good road, my brothers and sisters, and we will surely meet up in the next world. Uh, this is the end of my, mother, my father's words in the forum where he spoke this about 15 years ago. And I would like uh, those with me now, any questions they might have on what I have been sharing that they m may ask. And in a sense, they are uh, speaking for you and questions that you might have. The question is, can I speak a little of the three years of darkness? First, I would say the most important thing is what's happening in purification time, that we trust in our Mother Earth, that we hold fast to our Mother Earth, that we not be afraid to die upon our Earth Mother's good soil. Before that time, my father did counsel that something is coming. He did not speak exactly what it is, in which it will be good to have our own supply of food and water to last about three years. So this is something to take into your hearts in preparation for this particular event. But the greater event is the end of purification time, the birth of our mother's core, and all this will mean to us that there will be a choice to go into this place that will be opened up to us to abandon our earth mother, to desert her, or to be those loyal children who will remain immovable from her, that will stay with her, and not afraid to die upon her soil. That is the more important thing to know. However, in the interim, having been warned that this time is coming, it will be good to prepare to have sources of water. I will not suggest anything to you. There are many places you can go to study ways to, uh, to preserve water, to, to uh, have water available, ways to preserve foods, the good seeds to have to grow your own food, um, ways to can or to have dehydrated foods. Again, the time period that I was given was approximately three years. But you asked me earlier to explain more about the birth of Earth's mother core becoming a moon. Probably be best to explain that to simply look at the end of this purification time. 
our Earth Mother gives birth, when her core is ejected through her sipapu, through her birth canal, it will come out, and this will be happening with the other worlds of our system at the same time. Following the ejection of her core and the other cores, I will speak of the inner terrestrial planets. Our Earth Mother will birth her core and immediately she will fly like a phoenix, phoenix with our present moon. She will fly up with our moon and take the place of Venus and Mercury. Earth Mother will take the orbit of the fifth world, now held by Venus, and our present moon will take the orbit now held by Mercury. Venus and Mercury will enter the sun. Mars will eject her core, and our ejected core will remain in our present orbit. When Mars ejects her core, she will move up to our orbit and receive our ejected core as her moon. Having said that, you will realize that our present moon is the ejected core of Venus during the last purification time. At that time, Venus ejected her core, which stayed in this orbit, and moved up with her then moon to their present positions. And we, our Earth mother then in the orbit of the third world, now held by Mars, we moved up to this orbit and accepted the ejected core of Venus as our moon, which means when we look in the sky and see our moon, we're looking at the ejected core, the egg of Venus during the last purification time. The important thing to remember is this process is part of nature. It's a natural course for evolution to take place. It is through this process the Great Spirit has put in place at these times, at, during these cycles, that life is moved forward, that it has progressed into new and more evolved forms. That's what my father went and he said that we believe in evolution. He understood by the knowledge preserved that this is the way that life advances and finally brings us to our perfected life in that kingdom we, in paradise, we call the fifth world. And other people and religions have called heaven. Uh, the question that is being asked is about how we number the worlds, the eight worlds, and, and how uh, this breaks down. Actually, this is the meaning of the sunflower sand painting that has eight concentric circles with petals around the outer big circle. For us, the planets of our, the nest of our system are eight in number, and the first three outermost orbits we call the three early stages of developing life, and then the next five worlds, so the three earliest stages now as we call planets would be the orbits of Pluto, Neptune, and Uranus. And then the next five planets or worlds, we number beginning with Saturn as the first world, Jupiter as the second world, Mars as the third world, our Earth Mother is our fourth world, and the planet now we call Venus is in the orbit of the fifth, and density of the fifth world. So then we have three early stages and five worlds, and the orbit of the morning star is the fifth forever world, where life is perfected the home of our perfected ancestors. The morning stars in every system are the home of our perfected ancestors who help the evolving life on the younger worlds of their systems and other systems. They serve the great spirit in following this path of evolution, of the evolution of life from its earliest stages 
in the outside orbit to its perfected form of light finally in the orbit of the morning star. The question has to do with another body that will be coming and spiraling into our system. I my asked that once of my father, and he said, um, every body follows its natural course, and the sacred path of migration doesn't include that. He said, basically, that the matter that forms our solar system that our own science knows is ejected from supernova forms the worlds in our system, the nest of our system, and that everything we need is already in our system. So I would be speculating about that. That was never spoken to me. Uh, everything that we need is already here. Everything will happen according to the natural um, forming of the cores. I didn't mention how that occurs, but basically my father said it follows natural laws, scientific laws. The heavier metals and minerals naturally migrate downwards to the center, forming the iron egg in the core. And as that egg grows, it gets heavier and heavier. And finally, at some point, it becomes heavier than the rest of the planet. At that time, the Earth's rotation will be affected. That's a natural process. Sometime, uh, some people already know about this. They're not talking about it. But you will soon hear about it, and it will be used in the wrong way make you think the earth will be destroyed. The earth is our mother. She won't be destroyed when the core comes out. That's a natural part of our evolution, a natural part of the great spirit cycles of nature, natural purpose and plan in nature that moves us forward through evolution to our perfected form in the orbit of the morning star. Brothers of the morning star, where we will be with all the brothers and sisters on the morning stars and other systems throughout creation. The universe is a wonderful place. Let us not look beyond it to transcend it. Let us appreciate all that the Great Spirit has put into it and how far we have come with our Mother Earth within it. So let us not look beyond that. Let us look to our Earth Mother and where she's about to carry us. I, I think there's no more questions, or do you have any more questions? Otherwise, I will add these final words. Just a reminder that what I'm speaking of is not a message of doom and gloom. Those who understand what's coming welcome it, embrace it joyfully, for they recognize it's the end journey of all we've been striving for for many eons, for many ages. If we understand this, we open our hearts up to participate. We understand all our Earth Mother is to us, our land and our life, our mother in the greatest, fullest sense of the word, everything we have, including life itself, comes from her. She's about to take us home. Let us not abandon her just at the final moments before she takes us to that place. Do not be deceived by those who would take you from her. Trust in her. Follow your hearts. Don't follow the crowd. Follow what your heart teaches you. Again, pray and meditate upon these words. And when they have meaning, put them to use. This message is sent by our Earth Mother to her children. She does not want to lose you. Trust. Have faith. I bid you greetings and farewell. I am here for all those who wish 
to speak with me as long as I am here, the remaining time that Mother gives me to be here with you. I will continue to share this message. I will come to those who wish to speak. My time I know is short like my father's before me. So if those of you who feel the calling to be the carriers, to be my uh, young hawks, I am here for you. Come and I will share all that I have to give and pass on to you that you may carry on this message further after I am no longer here, that you may help your brothers and sisters to rediscover all the Earth Mother is to them and to not be fooled by those who would steal you from her. So I bid you now farewell until then. <laughs>